1: That you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day to day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge.
2: Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today is an opportunity for you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you find a way to make a positive difference in your world today? And can you make a change inside yourself? A change that carries ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond that. Do you know that no matter what the change is that you make, it will reverberate through the lives of the people around you? It doesn't matter what the change is. When you change... It is reflected in the lives around you. So for this hour, this is your time. Pay attention. We're going to have fun today. So I want you really noticing how you take care of yourself. You see, you've created the world you live in. So if there's something you want to change, how can you do that? How can you apply it to you? That's right, just you, not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker just you. Yep, you can share information, and this would be a day that we have things to share. But ultimately, you're the only person you can really change. So when you want to make a difference, it's from within you that you make that difference. I know you're busy. We are all very busy But let's make sure that busy doesn't make us distracted from where we want to be and the things we want to do, the things that really matter to us. Do you take for granted the people in your life and the actions that you take that are most important to you? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? Mm Mm-hmm. You might be. What are the choices that you make in your world? And how do you touch the lives of the people you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? Let's start this morning by making our own sunshine. What are you grateful for today? This is a beautiful morning in my part of the world. It is a cool summer morning. So unique for this time of year. The humidity is low, the temperature is cool, and it is fresh and crisp outside. This week I had an unexpected day off. It felt like I was on vacation. It was so wonderful. I got some projects done. I was able to visit with some friends who have a loved one in the hospital. And it was nice to just have that time to kind of have an easy day, a low-intensity day, which is rare for me. And I'm also grateful for the abundance of my garden. I have a very tiny garden, and yet it is thriving and the wonderful rain and the warm temperatures that we've had. And this morning, we're going to talk some more about the abundance of gardens. Our guest is Barbette Spittler. Barbette, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. So, it's summertime when all the gardens are producing.
0: Do you have a garden? We have not had a garden in seven years. Wow. It's been very stressful actually. The garden that we had at our, our farmhouse was small but it was fine and wonderful and fresh strawberries and we had wild asparagus growing along the fence rows and we moved as a crow flies just a half a mile away and the ground is solid clay. It's a mess. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So well, we we do a little container gardening to get tomatoes and and some strawberries, but uh, I can't wait till we get a real garden. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, this year I I did something different with my garden. I have had uh, container gardens, essentially uh, raised beds, um, close to the alley because, of course, I live in a, a more urban environment than you do. Right. Um, And they just, they weren't producing. I wasn't happy with them. They're in a very shaded location. And I saw, I don't even know where, maybe Mother Earth News or something like that, a suggestion about using pallets for um, a garden structure. And I had some spare pallets, and so I moved them into a location that was sunny in my backyard. And we filled the the pallets with really good, rich compost, because I do keep a compost pile. And I'll tell you, I have the most beautiful Swiss chard that I have ever seen. The leaves are about 18 inches tall and 12 inches across. They're huge. I mean, they're just huge. So I'm looking for everything that I can figure out to do with Swiss chard.
0: (laughs) Wow, that is amazing! I, I tell you, even though we don't have a garden, I am so thankful that we have farmers markets locally, and we actually have a couple other places where we can actually just go to a local farm, and then they have a little produce stand at the end of their driveway. And the Swiss chard that I've seen this year has been amazing, as well as the kale, and I just am and the romaine lettuce. So I, I think it's maybe we've just had a wet enough year that it's been wonderful. The leafy, yes. the leafy greens are amazing this year. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. So do well, you put them in, in a smoothie as well, or do you always just do yours with salads? Well, and- I was going to ask
2: you about that smoothie concept, because I I make salads or I, I love greens sautéed in a little bit of butter or olive oil. Um, sometimes with some fresh mushrooms you know I just I love the flavor of sauteed greens so more often that's what I'm doing almost every day but I know you do smoothies so talk to me about that because this morning I was experimenting with my breakfast and I was wondering about putting kale in a smoothie just how do you do that (laughs)
0: Well, interestingly enough, I do that every day and and I used to kind of chuckle when I would go to the health food store years ago and it seemed like whoever was the cashier always had this mason jar filled with green gunk And it kind of just turned me off because it was green. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually, I got a little experimentative about it, and I learned that that green is only gunk if you think of it as being green. (laughs) But once you start putting your own ingredients in there, it can be as sweet and as divine as you create it to be. So whenever I do a, a green smoothie, it can be... It can be the kale, and it doesn't matter if it's the organic flat or if it's the curly like they used to decorate salad bars. Mm -hmm. Um, What I do is, of course, I wash and pat them dry, but then I slide the leaf off of the stalk. Now, a lot of people don't do that, and you don't have to because you're going to be putting it into a pulverizing blender. But I will slide that off the stalk, and as soon as I do that, my dog comes running because she gets the stalk. And you can do the same with Swiss chard, you can do the same with fresh spinach, Um, what other kinds of greens, dandelion greens, beet greens. Some of those are a little more bitter, but kale, I think, has uh, a flavor that you can sweeten up if you like, or you can keep it... um, more earthy. So I put the kale in there. I'll put some celery, like a whole celery stock, and maybe a pear or a kiwi. And then for me, I will put in what I call my superfoods. And then I usually put in a dollop of raw organic almond butter and some honey. And then you just pulverize that either in a high-speed blender or a Vitamix. Or I don't. I don't like to use juicers because I they typically leave a wet pulp. But you just blend it all up, pulverize it really good, and I'm telling you, that's breakfast and lunch right there.
2: Hmm. Now that's that's interesting. See, I, this morning I was um, I was at that point of. 'm I'm, I'm stuck only with shake mix for my breakfast and you know I've been avoiding that for a while I'm experimenting with different shake mix varieties and um, this one in particular doesn't have a doesn't have a flavor that I'm really excited about and so I looked at that and I thought okay I'm gonna have to do something something mm-hmm. to get rid of that <laughs> um, and I I know that I keep frozen bananas and I keep frozen blueberries and I keep frozen mango. So those are things that are just kind of standard in my freezer um, all of the time. So I threw in a banana and a handful of blueberries, but I also have lots of avocados this week because, you know, when I go shopping, I often look for the produce that – is a little overripe and they're going to sell it for a dollar or something like that. And I got five avocados. Well, you know, that's a, that's one a day. <laughs> yes, yes. And how am I going to really eat one a day? And I had actually a half left over from yesterday because I didn't get my one a day in yesterday. And I thought, well, let me just try this. And it made such a beautiful uh, smoothie. You know, the the texture of that. Plus the, the fact that the, the banana and the um, blueberries were frozen. I really had, um, you know, something that was closer to like a frozen smoothie, like, um, right. like soft serve. Um,
0: and you didn't dilute it with ice.
2: I didn't dilute it with ice. You know, I put the... There's six ounces or eight ounces of um, alkaline water in it as my base for that, but it was it was very nice, and the flavor of the shake mix that I was using was not overpowering it wasn't um, it wasn't as noticeable. And it was very nice. It was just a very nice, you know, smooth texture. So as I was doing that, I was thinking, yeah, I have some kale, but I don't really know (laughs) how you put kale in a smoothie. So I'll wait until I listen to Barbette this morning.
0: Well, I I have to tell you, I make my, my, I call it my green drink. I make my green drink different every day. And it's based on what am I doing that day? What fruit or vegetables do we have in the refrigerator? What am I kind of wanting to experiment with? And am I doing it before my run or after? And before my run, um, I typically try not to eat a whole bunch or drink a whole bunch. And when I come back, I use the, either the alkaline water or coconut water because mm. coconut water is a wonderful way to replenish the electrolytes if you've been out running on a hot day. And so that's a, a good base. Either one of those is a really good base um, for the smoothie. Also, almond milk mm-hmm. is a really good base, and it, it richens up your smoothie. So if you used kale, a handful of blueberries, and a half a banana, based it with some almond milk, you wouldn't, I mean, you could still use your, your powdered mix in there if you wanted to, but right there you've got a pretty nice... And then you can change it up a little bit with the banana and the almond butter. Mm -hmm. That makes a nice flavor, too. So there is an unlimited amount of ways to make these green drinks that are incredibly healthy, easy to digest, and will fill you up and last for hours and hours.
2: Well, that's a good start, then, for our discussion about summer salads. And you know kind of the beginning of the day is that you can already start your day with fresh produce so as we as we think about the other things that are available, especially at the farmers markets uh, you know such a a wonderful variety of things that that you can find at the farmers markets and as you said the greens this year are just beautiful um, I had the um the fortune over the weekend i was visiting with my mother we're she's in northeast ohio and there is a farmers market that's relatively close to where she lives and i took her and you know everyone hears me talk about my mother she's 97 <laughs> and you know and she still is independent and kind of does her own thing lives in her own house and um and you know we went to this farmers market and she didn't realize we were going and she said well I'd like to get out and walk around. Well, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and we walked through, you know, the entire little area there with all of the different uh produce vendors, and there were some some just some beautiful things and I got a very lovely bunch of curly kale. I mean, it was just it's just beautiful. Um and and not something that you know i see many times in other places this had obviously been picked that morning it was it was very firm it was very fresh and everything that was at that particular uh stand it was an organic uh farm and everything was just very very fresh so you know here i come i'm bringing the the kale home thinking to myself Neh. I'm not real thrilled with kale. I wonder what I'm going to do with this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I know you are the queen of kale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking, oh, that's right. The listeners need to know that, that good, healthy kale is firm and it is not like eating iceberg lettuce. So not only does it have a different flavor, but it has a different texture. And I used to tell my dad when we would go to bars, I would skip the lettuce because it was always iceberg lettuce. I would just skip it and just make a pile of shredded carrots or a pile of shredded beets as my base. And he would say, Where, where's your lettuce? And I would say, Dad, it's wasted chew time. It has no good stuff in it. So we would go right to the healthy, healthy stuff, which was the the beets or the um the carrots or whatever, but with kale, when I use kale in a salad, first of all, I chop it small, and that's a really key thing to make a note of. When we use fresh baby spinach or mixed greens or romaine lettuce and and other types of lettuces, you can leave those pieces as big as you like them and fold them over if you want, and some of the lettuces will just melt in your mouth, and that's lovely. But kale, I don't know that I've ever seen kale melt in anybody's mouth. No, it
2: does
0: not. (laughs) So I, I cut it up smaller, like in a chopped salad. That, number one, makes a huge difference. But number two, when you put the chopped kale in a mixing bowl, pour some olive oil over top of that, and then use both hands and massage that oil into the kale, you're you're probably bruising the leaves a little bit, but that also softens them, and it's it's almost like it brings a little bit of the oil into the the flesh, if you will, of the kale, and it softens them up a little bit. And so, in one of the recipes that we're posted on the, um, I guess you call it your website, yes. is. About having that opportunity to massage the olive oil into the kale, sprinkle it with the salt and some flavorings, and let it sit for a while. And then adding in the chopped avocado and massaging that into the leaves as well. And I think that makes a really big difference in how the kale is palatable in your mouth.
2: Well, I'm sure that it would make a a bigger difference than what I attempted to do yesterday with um, the kale. First of all, I was at work, so um, and I had one of those you know back-to-back non-stop action days, and I took kale with me as one of the things that I was going to eat, as well as that avocado. But I wasn't nearly as um, um, what. As invested in my food as you might be, and making this beautiful kale and avocado salad, I had the avocado throw it in there there's the um, there's the kale I've chopped it up, but not nearly small enough, and I don't have a lot of minutes
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm chewing and i'm chewing, and I'm chewing and I'm chewing, and I'm <laughs> thinking, okay, this is just not a vegetable you can swallow whole. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good comedy but it was not what I would, you know, want to repeat again. So, you know, I I've, I've had that kind of opposite experience of um like I said, I'm I'm never very thrilled with kale, but I know there's a way to use kale appropriately. So, it Barbara, is. we've got to we've got to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to actually go over that that full recipe so that our listeners know just how to handle the kale in a way that is really lovely. Sure. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
1: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Visit lastinglifestylechange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
2: Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our topic is summer salads and the use of the all the wonderful fresh produce that's available in the farmers' markets and perhaps from your own gardens. Our guest is Barbette Spittler, and Barbette, we've been talking about kale. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the the ups and downs and the challenges of using kale. Um, so let's talk about you. You have a wonderful recipe that we have posted on the blog of uh, my website, Lasting Lifestyle Change, and it is called Colorful Kale Salad. So talk, to us, talk us through that.
0: Well, as I mentioned earlier about taking the kale off of the stalk, for a salad, you definitely want to do that. You don't necessarily have to do it for a green drink because your, your blender is going to pulverize it up. But for a salad, you definitely want to just hold the stalk with one hand, slide the leaf off of it with the other hand, and then put that down on your cutting board. And you're going to chop up those pieces and put them in a mixing bowl. I drizzle it with a very good, high-quality extra virgin olive oil and massage that into the leaves. And I do that for just maybe three, four minutes and then sprinkle that with uh, sea salt, ginger, other spices if you like, and then I will leave that sit for a few minutes. And then I'll go chop up the avocado, and then I'll put that in there and just massage that in as well. And, yes, it gets a little messy, but it's oh so worth it. And then I leave that sit again for about 15 minutes, sometimes up to 20, 25. If I know it's going to be sitting for a little bit longer than 15 minutes, I'll put it in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And then you add in the onions and the red bell peppers and the carrots. And you can use sunflower seeds or toasted pine nuts, whatever it is that you like that gives it a nice crunch. I often like to shake things up a little bit and and one day I might use pine nuts that I've toasted, another day it might be the sunflower seeds, another time it might be chopped walnuts that I've roasted. It's kind of like whatever, whatever makes sense for you and then drizzle that with the lemon juice and the lime juice and I kind of massage that into the leaves as well and you can serve it right away. You can put it in the refrigerator and wait it out for a while, serve it later. Um, So far, most of the people who I have served this to, whether they like kale or not, seem to like it. Um, My sister-in-law, who is my best critic for newfangled things, um, her response was she liked the kale salad when she mixed it with, my other salad, so that she had more other greens mixed in with it too. So just a note. Mm-hmm. So
2: for people that don't particularly like a very firm or chewy green, they might want to mix it with the more delicate greens of the lettuces or the, um, the masculine um, leaves that are a little bit softer um, and easier to chew.
0: Absolutely. And and I tell you, I will hide kale in <laughs> a bigger salad that has mixed greens and baby spinach, and I will often chop those. And And I know there is that whole thing about, no, you never chop a salad. You always just rip and tear. Yeah, I chop them. Mm-hmm. And I will mix the kale in there. I will just hide it. And when it's small enough pieces, and I'm not talking minuscule, I'm just talking small bite-sized pieces, they're easily assimilated when you're chewing baby spinach or mixed greens or romaine lettuce or, I mean, my gosh, we have an unlimited amount of different kinds of greens out there to mix with.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. So, that is...
2: You know, certainly much more palatable and, and much more exciting uh, use of kale. And I agree with you. I I hide things in salads all the time so that, you know, I, I have people in my life who believe that potato chips are vegetables. And uh, <laughs> And, you know, to get something green into them is like a really major accomplishment. And so I often do that where I will create a salad, and I'll tell them it's broccoli because they accept the broccoli, and I hide lots of things in there that they <laughs> ordinarily would never eat. And you know, and and that would be another place that you could kind of chop the kale and hide it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess the uh, the other thing that I'm reminded of as you're talking about letting it rest. Is that you know just recently um, there's a book out that that's called Eating on the Wild Wild Side, and that author. Um, talks about actually increasing the antioxidant properties of the fresh greens by tearing it up when you first bring it home, washing it, patting it dry, tearing it up, and letting it sit for about 24 hours before you actually use it because the plant isn't dead. And so the plant in an attempt to respond to this threat of being torn is still producing those antioxidants. Interesting. So
0: interesting
2: yeah so so when you're um, when you're talking about you know you let it rest and you let it rest and you let it rest, that's a really healthy thing to do because you're improving the actual um, health quality of those greens. Hmm, good to know yeah I know how fast can we get that book?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's intriguing to me that and, and I teach people this all the time there's you know the old science. And then there's constantly new science. Mm-hmm. And and when I'm, um, sometimes I have people in my life who, who like to produce healthy debates on pretty much every issue. And <laughs> oftentimes I have to remind them that that's old science. Typically it's from the 80s. And there is new science. And then they give me the wrinkled up eyebrow, and then I have to remind them, you know, old science was that the world was flat and go too far, fall off end. So <laughs> there is new science all the time. So I'm fascinated when the new science tells us to do things that are a little different than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty and, cool.
2: And oftentimes that new science also um, really makes a challenge for our thinking, our beliefs on what we've told ourselves all along. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you have another wonderful salad that does not involve kale.
0: I'm thinking that I have so many, by the way. I have all these recipes across my desk right now, just in case we get to talk about any of the other ones too. (laughs) (laughs) But you're probably talking about the asparagus one. I am. I have to tell you, that one was a delight. I think people who in my family who were not so sure about that whole asparagus thing ate that salad and said, oh my gosh, that's really, really good. And for us, the key for us is that we slightly grill it. I'm not much of a steamer. I like either slightly roasted in the oven or slightly grilled on the grill. And I keep saying slightly because you want this salad To have the asparagus in a crisp, tender state, meaning that you have slightly cooked it enough to take away some of the woodiness out of the fibers, but yet it is still stands strong and stands firm. Does that make sense?
2: It makes sense to me. Okay. Of course, I I wouldn't bother to do that because I love raw asparagus, especially yeah. if it's fresh from, uh, you know, a, a garden, a farmer's market. Now, what you get at the grocery store is definitely not fresh, so then I would steam it. But anything that, you know, I know was picked this morning, it's, it's going to be raw for me. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We used to actually be able to walk outside, down the driveway, over to the fence and just snap it off at the ground. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, those were the days. (laughs) Anyway, so in this particular salad, whether you're doing it raw or slightly steamed or slightly grilled, I always, always, always make sure that I pluck off the deepest woody end of it because that is hard to chew and for some people that can be a, a, a real strong turn off. Mm-hmm. So then we just chop that into pieces and I like them to be pretty even pieces especially if I'm serving this to someone else cuz eye appeal makes a difference. Now if it's just me, I'm just going to whack it and just go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the what I did is I used the hazelnuts and it was a little challenging to find raw organic hazelnuts. I mean, I went to like four or five different places, but it was worth the wait. So I, I toasted them and let them cool and then whipped together this little dressing with the lemon and um, olive oil. And of course, I love raw honey, so I added extra and <laughs> drizzled that over everything. And then I had a little challenge finding monchuego cheese. I'm not even sure that's how you pronounce it. But I did discover you can use um, Parmesan, you can use Asiago, it's just kind of like whatever you like that's a really hard, strong um, cheese that you can grate and sprinkle that over the salad and it's making my mouth water just talking about it. (laughs)
2: Now, if someone were vegan, they would probably replace that grated cheese with um, nutritional yeast. Do those flakes have a similar kind of uh, flavor
0: okay. and
2: add the, um, add the wonderful uh, nutrients, the B vitamins, and you know, give it that, that little bit of a nip or that little kind of a, a bite that the cheese would add in.
0: Oh, okay. Good to know. See, I have, I learn every day. (laughs) Yeah, this one for me was, was really fun. It was different and it was fun. And, and I wondered, I I think next time I make it, I'll probably use um, toasted walnuts and see Mm -hmm. what that does. So I'm, I'm all about experimenting and making things a little different. And so I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to doing that one again. Okay, well, let's jump back to the smoothies
2: and, um, and we'll talk some more about creating a, a healthy, nutritious smoothie. Now, you know, smoothies are a way oftentimes that, um, people who want to eat raw, um, can include their raw vegetables in, in, in a way that's you know kind of easy to uh, digest and um, and to incorporate you know a pretty good portion sizes of of those vegetables into the smoothie. But you had a wonderful experience with beets.
0: Now, <laughs> I
2: I eat beets raw, um, and my family all thinks I'm nuts. But you know I just grate the beets. I marinate them in. Um, I prefer red wine vinegar, so. You know, I just marinate them in the vinegar, and I just eat beets as a kind of a side salad kind of thing that way. But you did something very interesting with with the beet.
0: I did, and and I want to back up just a second to address the raw beets. I love them. I, I never had them before until I went to the Omega Institute up in New York, and everything they serve there is organic. And I want to say, I know it's vegetarian. It might be vegan. But it was it, at the salad bar. Here was this huge bowl of beets and I assumed that they were pickled. And so I, I picked one thinking, well, they look a little firm for me. And I tasted it and it was better than a carrot. Mm-hmm. So I was changed from that moment on. And it's been years ago, but I was changed. So here we went to a farmer's market a couple, I want to say two months ago. And I'm, or maybe it was a month ago, I'm getting ready to make my smoothie and I used all these dandelion greens and a little bit of spinach, and I put some celery in there, and I thought, I'm going to throw a beet in there because I thought, you know, it's going to be sweet, it's going to be wonderful, so I scrub up that beet, and I throw it in there. Well, I don't remember what else I put in there, but when I went to drink that smoothie, <laughs> I, I I just giggled the entire two hours it took me to drink it because <laughs> it was not only vibrant red, which I love. But it was the most earthy experience ever, and it was like drinking dirt through a straw. <laughs> <laughs> so there was the bitterness of the greens, and then the earthiness of that entire beet. So I, I learned a little bit with that one that I need to use maybe half of the beet. And well, uh,
2: let, let me ask you: when you prepared that beet, did you peel it? Did you? Oh no.
0: The- Uh, Ah, therein lies the
2: problem. (laughs) Yeah, when you use a beet raw, you don't leave that outer skin on. You know, when you roast a beet or you cook a beet, that skin sloughs off automatically. But when you use a raw beet, you know, that skin is there, and that's really where that earth flavor is because that's what's been in contact with the dirt. (laughs)
0: And I'm guessing that would have been where the grittiness showed up in my straw. That's
2: right, because you really can't scrub that skin enough to get, you know, those minute microscopic kinds of particles of dirt off of that skin,
0: it's not it's not
2: a smooth skin like a potato you know it's kind of a porous skin so the next time barbette you might want to peel that beet just (laughs) like you would peel a potato you know you use the same instrument to do it and it might not be quite so um challenging
0: (laughs) well that's good to know because i have several more in my fridge i like to keep fresh beets all summer if i can and that's That is a really good thing to know. So thank you. (laughs) And that too,
2: you know, when I just talked about the, that, you know, I just, I grate the beets and then marinate them in, um, in a vinegar. um, That, peeling that beet is what really makes it palatable and makes it very nice. um, And doesn't, you you know, it doesn't lose some of those more delicate vitamins out of there with the cooking process. Not that, you have to i mean you know cooking beets and eating beets that are either roasted or steamed are still very very good lots of good nutrients for you in there um and you know in a a beautiful way to add color
0: absolutely it adds color (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness
2: okay so um let me see i want to drop down. We have one more kale recipe that you've um, that you've included, but I want to go to a, a quick one here because we just have about
0: two minutes to our break. So let's go to
2: that pineapple mango salsa.
0: This is another one where you can add in, subtract out, change it up, make it your own. But in the pineapple mango salsa, the biggest thing I want to make uh, the point about is that the pieces have to be small because, remember, we're either using this as a little side for something like an orange roughy or a salmon dish or mahi-mahi or, I mean, my goodness, you could use it for a gazillion things. But there's also jalapeno pepper in here. Now, I like my, my food spicy and tangy and if you can get spicy tangy and a little bit of raw honey in there i'm even more excited <laughs> so it is literally i would use this recipe as a base and if you are a kind of a person who really needs a recipe and and doesn't like to practice outside the window of that then this is a perfect recipe pineapple mango salsa If you like to experiment a little bit, then play with that. Play with the color and enjoy the process because it is so tasty and it is so much fun and it's healthy and kids love it Mm
2: because it's
0: sweet and a little tangy yeah yeah
2: it um it looks like something I'd really like to to play with because i I love that combination. You've got just a little tiny bit of citrus you've got the the sweetness of the pineapple and kiwi, and then you know of course the sharpness of the onion and the jalapeno so um it just it really looks like something wonderful to play
0: with If I was going to serve this as a dessert, I would take out the jalapeno pepper and I would drizzle. Some raw honey over the top of it in the serving dish, right mm-hmm. before I served it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I mean, that would make a All right.
2: Too. Well, we have to take another break. I know we're having way too much fun.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're listening to What Matters on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
1: Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge.
2: Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Barbette Spittler. We've been talking about summer salads and also the other wonderful things that you can do with the beautiful produce that's available right now at the farmer's markets. Okay, so Barbette, we've been talking about salads, but there's so many other places we can go with with all of the opportunities. You know, um, zucchini. Zucchini is one of those things that it, it's like, you know, the evil vegetable. It grows everywhere. If you're, if you grow zucchini in the garden, it's sneaky. You swear you picked all the zucchini, and the next day you come in and there's one the size of a baseball bat. And how did that happen overnight? (laughs) And you know, and and zucchini is one of those things that if you you know if you have a neighbor who's a gardener, they they tend to leave them on your doorstep in the in the middle of the night so that you don't catch them. And
0: (laughs) (laughs) And for each of those things, I am excited because as soon as the zucchini gets here, my brain goes into all the things that we can do with them and can I just go let's go yes <laughs> so everybody knows that you can make a zucchini bread or a zucchini nut bread or I've even had somebody who made a zucchini pineapple nut bread and I do
2: zucchini chocolate
0: bread <laughs> that's right that's right so I I went on this search years ago and thought what else can we do with zucchini and I learned how to make zucchini pancakes so now don't laugh It's kind of like potato pancakes, so they're a savory pancake that was made with zucchini, and then you have diced onions, some garlic, and other flavors in there if you like. And I I always put the onions and garlic and a little bit of lemon, and your eggs, and your butter, and your uh, oil, and then literally you just, I hate to say fry them up, but come on, that's pretty much what we're doing. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. And they're amazing. And people who just are like, oh, I'm not so fond of zucchini, they love them. And they have that texture like a potato pancake. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. Um, and I had this little thought about other things that we've done with zucchini, which was making zucchini boats. Did you ever do that?
2: Oh, yes. Filling the zucchini, stuffing it with with a savory kind of uh, filling. Yes. yes.
0: Yes. So if you are not vegetarian, you could use any kinds of sausage, hamburgers, meats, or whatever with cheeses and and extra other vegetables and put them in there and, and bake it. But mm-hmm. if you are vegetarian, then you would want to stick with things like a rice and Cheese, and I'm sure you even have greater ideas of what you could do <laughs> with being vegetarian.
2: Well, and having been vegan for as long as I was, um, certainly my brain automatically converts recipes. When you start saying cheese, I start thinking about, okay, well, sometimes I've used a soy cheese, and that's a possibility for someone who's vegan if they can find a true vegan soy cheese, but that's hard to do. Um, So, you know, there are other wonderful conversions of that where you simply make a, a savory dressing and you might use walnuts or other nuts, you know, chopped or ground to give you that texture you can certainly use lentils or other um, small uh, legumes that create that you know that chewiness where you would use sausage a vegan would would use lentils to get that same kind of chewiness and mixing that again with all of the you know, the onion and the garlic and the, the spices and the grain, maybe quinoa or rice, um, would make a beautiful filling for a zucchini boat.
0: Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I just want to, as a side note, mention that one of my favorite, favorite, favorite meals besides my green drink in the morning. If I could do this every day, I'd be a happy camper. Do the green drink in the morning and change up what goes in there. And then for dinner, I would literally just make some sort of a grain that was like a a quinoa or maybe a good brown rice or wild rice. or Oh, my gosh, there's unlimited. And then add in the vegetables. And I usually put hot grain and room-temperature vegetables not cooked mix mm-hmm. them together, and then drizzle either olive oil or chop up some avocado and mix that in so that you get that smooth fat on there also. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my golly, that to me is a salad.
2: Mm-hmm. Even
0: mm-hmm. though it has a hot grain on there, it's still amazing.
2: Well, you know, I do a lot of... Um, Salads that have kind of a grain base to them. I, you know, I prefer brown rice, but I I will also use quinoa, sometimes bulgur wheat, Um, and I use that kind of as the foundation, but I don't use very much of it. Uh, You know, a cup or less of the grain. And the majority of what I'm going to have are the vegetables in there. Now, that's one of those places where I can use the chard or um, in the past, that's how I've snuck the kale in on myself, is I I will steam the kale and mix it in um, with the grain. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, And I usually, um, because the grain tends to absorb um, the dressing, I usually start with putting some of the dressing in with the grain first before I mix those vegetables in
0: oh okay,
2: and i you know I can just say that i I was experimenting in the kitchen um, not too long ago, and I was making a lima bean salad and um, and once again, there was that that zucchini that needed to be used. And you know, that was fine. I just chopped the zucchini up into, you know, just chunks, small half inch to three quarters inch chunks, like a chopped salad, and mixed that in with the grain and um and the greens. But I also had um a crookneck squash, a summer squash. Wow. And I I hadn't played with this particular one. It had the knobby skin to it. And you know the the yellow the summer yellow squashes you just chop those you don't peel them. Right. Well, I looked I looked at this and I thought wow all right well let me try it and I chopped that thing up oh my gosh that thing was so tough the skin was so tough it was not it was not palatable it was not edible I ended up picking it out.
0: Oh. <laughs>
2: and decided that with the next one, I would try sautéing it. But even that, it would have been much better for me to have peeled that one because that skin was so thick and so fibrous that, you know, sautéing it in in a little bit of butter without the skin would have made it lovely.
0: Yes, yes. And, you know, when the zucchini gets, like you described it, baseball bat size or bigger, when I slice that down the center, if I'm going to use that in salad or saute it, make a stir fry or something, much of the, the pithy part in the center with the seeds can be scooped out mm-hmm. and then just eating the nice, wonderful flesh part of it. So there, there is just an unlimited way. I mean, I think zucchini is just a, it's a hoot. Yeah. You can do with it. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think what you just said is very important. You know, when you have something like a zucchini that has a lot of seeds in the center or you have a, a cucumber that has a lot of seeds in the center, even the tomatoes with the seeds, your salad will last longer. If you are planning on, I'm making it today, but I'm also going to use it tomorrow, which I do a lot of. I make a very large grain-based salad, and I'm going to eat that all week. Um, and so, for it to last, I have to get rid of those seeds. Mm-hmm. That that moisture, the you know, that will not keep well over more than a day. Right. And so, just go ahead and get rid of those seeds. It's really okay. Makes wonderful compost. And once in a while, you get a vol- volunteer in your compost because you did that. You know? Right. <laughs> You get your own cucumber plant.
0: (laughs) Oh, and you just put three ingredients together. Here comes this recipe in my head, and I'm visualizing. Okay, so a couple cucumbers chopped up nice, an avocado diced up nice. How Mm -hmm. about some tomatoes or cherry tomatoes where you take out the seeds and use the fleshy part, add some fresh basil, all nice and chopped, and then drizzle that with lime juice and sprinkle it with salt
2: mm-hmm.
0: now doesn't that sound delightful that makes my it mouth does. water it
2: does yeah we're going to be really hungry when we get done with this I show know. <laughs> <laughs> and we did just have our smoothies we shouldn't be hungry at all
0: yes 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 <laughs> um,
2: oh barbara we just have a, about four more minutes so what what's the last thing you want to talk about what one more thing for zucchini or something else
0: No, actually, the last thing I wanted to mention was homemade salad dressings. And it is, to me, the most important change that we can make as Just Talking Salads that will help us get rid of chemicals that come from processed dressings, partially hydrogenated soybean oils or coconut oils or whatever. If it says partially hydrogenated, don't put that in your mouth and certainly don't swallow it homemade salad dressings are this easy and I'm going to just give you my one of my favorites it's about a quarter of a cup of a good quality olive oil a quarter of a cup of red wine vinegar or you could use apple cider vinegar but it's a good quality I throw in a couple cloves of garlic because I love that I put in a chunk of red onion it also gives it a nice peppery flavor a big handful of parsley, and then I add in something to sweeten. Either it's a honey, it can be raw sugar, if you like stevia, go that route, whatever, and some salt and pepper. I pulverize that in the blender, and right before I serve, because it does have a little bit of olive oil, so it's a little heavy, right before I serve the salad, I pour that over it, and it's very thick. Just remember that it's got parsley in it. Mm -hmm. And I toss it well, and about 10 minutes later, we serve it. And I have family members who will text me before a family gathering, salad, please. (laughs) And it's because of my homemade salad dressings. And I have, uh, I can make them with peaches. I can make them with um, cilantro. Just experiment and have some fun. Look on the Internet. But homemade salad dressings are easy. They're less expensive, and they are so much healthier than prepared salad dressings.
2: And, you know, my excuse is always, oh, I don't have time. But you made it just sound like it's not a lot of time.
0: No, it's it's not. You pour, you pour. I eyeball it. I'm so used to doing it now. I eyeball it, and I add a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper and a little bit of this and a handful of that and chunk, chunk, and go. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And so I just – I. Really, really, really. If you got nothing else out of this entire talk today, make your own salad dressings.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I I might be motivated to do that soon, because soon, I'm, <laughs> soon I'm frustrated with the uh, the salad dressings that I've been playing with recently, and so maybe it's time to yeah. make that change for myself. So, Barbette. I want to thank you so much for coming on this morning and and just the hype paced, high-energy conversation we've had about all kinds of wonderful summer foods that we can eat and nourish our bodies in a healthier way.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
2: Mm. So uh, for our listeners, now here's your challenge. You've heard all kinds of exciting things that you can do, and you can do those things today. So what difference will you make in your life today, and how will that affect the people around you? Go out there, make it a great day. You truly deserve it.
1: Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation.